Let us turn to the book of Matthew, chapter 12, verse 42. The gospel of Matthew, chapter 12, and verse 42. The gospel of Matthew, chapter 12, and verse 42. The queen of the south shall rise up in the judgment with this generation and shall condemn it. For she came from the uttermost parts of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And behold, a greater than Solomon is here. With the help of the Lord, I'll share a message with the title, The Judgment of the Queen of Sheba. The Judgment of the Queen of Sheba. We have to understand that Jesus himself is speaking here. And the Lord says that the queen of the south shall rise up in the judgment with this generation and shall condemn it. Now, that is quite a special role that the Lord has assigned to the queen of Sheba. She was not a Jew. She was not an Israelite. She was a Gentile. We don't even know her name. But clearly, this queen did something that God himself on the day of judgment will allow this queen of Sheba to stand up and judge, condemn generations of people. And of course, this is something we should be interested in. It's in the word of God. We will all stand before the judgment seat of Christ, the Bible says. But who is this queen of Sheba? Why is she also condemning on the day of judgment? Whom will she condemn? This is what we need to meditate upon today. We know the Queen of Sheba was a woman who she heard about the wisdom that God gave to King Solomon. That was it. Most Bible scholars today have come to the conclusion that Sheba was a place in today's Yemen. And the Muslims and the Yemenis call her Bilqris. She's quite well known. Her Legacy still lives strongly. Now, let's say here is a queen in the country of Yemen, south of today's Saudi Arabia. And she's never met King Solomon. She's never met probably any Hebrew. She lives in Yemen. She has nothing to do with Israel and the promises of God. But you see, perhaps she heard about Solomon's wisdom through merchants and traders from Israel because King Solomon was very much engaged in trade. The Bible speaks about all the countries that he sent his ships to. So probably Bible scholars speculate that it, it was through one of these uh, traders 
that the queen of Sheba heard about the wisdom of Solomon. And more importantly, that he got his wisdom from God. She must have heard about how Solomon exposed the lies of the false mother by commanding the baby to be divided into two. The Queen of Sheba heard these stories. She has no evidence. All she has to go by is the stories of that people have come to her with. And that was enough for the Queen of Sheba to decide to travel to Jerusalem. Think about it. I have a question. What has this generation heard about the Lord Jesus Christ? The Queen of Sheba did not hear much about King Solomon. But the little bit she heard was enough to decide I will go to Jerusalem. What have we heard about Jesus? Let me tell you. They have heard that he is God manifested in the flesh. They have heard that he is the Alpha and the Omega. They have heard of his miraculous birth. His power to heal all man of sickness. That he came to save us with his own flesh and blood. He rose again the third day. They have heard how he pulls out of his spirit and will soon return. And yet, and yet, despite hearing all of this, they have decided to stay in their Shebas, if you will. They've decided to stay in their countries, their homes, their offices, their fields. They've heard a lot about Jesus. But the world doesn't seem interested to do something about what they've heard about Jesus. And therefore, therefore, the Queen of Sheba will rise up on the day of judgment and condemn every generation who did not do anything with the news they received about Jesus Christ and his salvation. She's a sign for the world. She is a role model for those who seek God. She is the unique God seeker. She's a trailblazer. So because of this, God has given this woman a special role in the, on the day of judgment. Anyone who wants to come with an excuse and say, I was busy. I didn't hear enough. I didn't see any miracle. The queen of Sheba will rise up and condemn them. Because the queen of Sheba did not see any miracle. The queen of Sheba did not receive any healing. Nothing. Yet, based on the little bit she heard about Solomon's wisdom. That he received it from God. She said, I must go to Jerusalem. God bless those who hear very little of the word of Jesus and are willing to leave everything. The apostles heard very little. Jesus said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. 
they did not know anything about him. They heard very little, but that was enough for them to decide to follow Jesus. Blessed are those who, like the Queen of Sheba, do not need to hear very much, do not need to see much to leave and go to Jesus and to check who he is, to prove him if these things are so, praise God. But you know what God condemns? He will always condemn. Through the Queen of Sheba, he will condemn those who hear something and do nothing about it. Those who decide not to move, not to do anything, not to trouble themselves. The Queen of Sheba will rise up and judge that generation according to the words of our Lord Jesus Christ. God have mercy on this generation. God have mercy on our children. God have mercy on those who've heard many, many sermons over the years and have not acted upon it. So, for this reason, the Queen of Sheba will condemn this generation. People of God, we must not be condemned by the Queen of Sheba. I don't want the Queen of Sheba to point her finger at me on the Day of Judgment. And say, you, you heard a lot about Jesus. Why didn't you do something about it? Why didn't you leave everything and follow him? We have heard things about Jesus which cannot be compared to Solomon. God will judge us for what we hear about Jesus. Let us not waste time. Let's pack our bags and go to Jerusalem to meet King Jesus. Hallelujah. May God never give us rest when we hear something about Jesus. May it push us into some form of action. The Queen of Sheba is famous and she has been given a special role on the Day of Judgment because this woman decided to do something about what she heard. She heard very little. But that is enough. God will not discriminate. He wants you to react to the little that you've heard. If you heard much, you must react much. If you heard just a little, react a little bit. But Jesus himself condemned the generation for whom he said, we have piped for you. We've sung for you. We've done everything. But they were unmoved. They were immobile. They were stoic, unresponsive. Jesus, help us to respond. Jesus, help us to respond in 2024. Let us look at the Gospel of John, chapter 1 and verse 45. I'm talking about the Queen of Sheba, and I'm talking about the fact that she will be there on the day of judgment to judge those who did not see God. And that's why we are here today, brothers and sisters. So we will not be judged by God and not judged by a, a woman who had nothing to do with the promises of God. But she responded. And God will give her a special role on the day of judgment for the way she responded. John chapter 1 verse 45 says, Philip findeth Nathanael and said unto him, We have found him. 
of whom Moses and the law and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Understand how people have been seeking Jesus. Did you know that the apostles were not looking for Jesus because they needed healing or they needed food or they needed some earthly provision? We do not read that. Peter, James, P Peter, John, they were fishermen. They were busy. Matthew was a tax collector. He was busy. Many of the apostles were busy doing their own thing. They were not looking for Jesus because they had problems. They were looking for Jesus because they believed in the promises of the prophets and they were looking for salvation for their souls. That is the best way to look for Jesus. Like the queen of Sheba, she is a queen. She doesn't need anything from Solomon. She only wants to hear the word of God. Praise God. How many generations only look for Jesus to get something from him? But they're not interested in the truth. They're not interested in salvation. They're not interested in eternal life. Those are the people who leave quickly. Once they're healed. Once they receive their eyesight. Once their stomachs are filled. Then they, they, they're not interested in anything else. But thank God for the apostles. They were looking for him of whom Moses spoke. Praise God. Thank God for the queen of Sheba. She is rich. She is richer than all of us here. She did not need healing. She did not need a miracle. She just wanted to hear the word of God. This is what we are missing in the world today. We need queens of Sheba in the churches. May God raise up a generation like the apostles. Like the Queen of Sheba. Like the 3,000 people on the day of Pentecost. Do you know those 3,000 people were not looking for healing? They were not looking for miracles. They were looking for the truth. And that is why God found them. That is why Peter preached to them. This was the first group of people that Peter preached to. How would you like to have been part of the first group to whom Peter preached? The moment the church age began, there were 3,000 people there listening to Peter. These were devout Jews. They came from all over the world. They even came from Arabia, Pamphylia. They came from the ends of the earth. For what? Because they loved God. They loved the prophets. They loved Moses and the prophets. And they were waiting for the consolation of Israel. Do you see how God loves the people who seek him because of salvation, because of the truth? What is the truth? Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Amen, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, mind, and soul. This is the ultimate truth. Somebody who's looking for food doesn't want to hear this truth. Somebody looking for some bodily fix some healing is not interested in this truth. 
But you see, all these people I just mentioned are people who were whole. People who needed nothing physically. Those are the people often. I'm not saying that people who need something cannot be serious with God. But isn't it wonderful when, when one can say, I was a queen. Queen of Sheba. I had everything. I'm a queen. I have a palace. I have soldiers. I have gold like the dirt. Untold riches. And yet, and yet, I was missing something. What were you missing? The truth. The truth. I'm surrounded by liars. I'm surrounded by idols. I'm surrounded by corruption. I would give anything to hear the word of God. Well, Queen of Sheba, God will send you some traders who will tell you about a man called Solomon in whom is the spirit of God and the wisdom and the words of God. And the queen said, I will go. I will go. May God give us the heart of the queen of Sheba. Willing to risk everything for the truth. Praise God. Praise God. May God give us the heart of this queen who did not need any healing or material provision. She was rich. But she was desperately seeking the wisdom that comes from God. She had everything in this world. But everything without God is nothing. Can I repeat that? She had everything in this world. But everything without God is nothing. Praise God. Can we repeat the last part together? Everything without God is nothing. Give me a palace. Give me the best of this world. It is nothing if God is not with me. If Jesus is not my God, it is nothing. I don't want it. Everything without God is nothing. Hallelujah. Let that sink in our souls. Otherwise, the Queen of Sheba will condemn us. Hallelujah. You see, the woman was rich in material things, but she was poor in the truth. There is no poverty like being poor in the truth, brothers and sisters. Let us be poor in every other way, but let us not be poor in the truth. May we be rich in the truth. Let me tell you, the queen of Sheba went to Jerusalem poor in the truth, but she came back rich in the truth. Hallelujah. Jesus himself tells us, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 3. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. The queen of Sheba was poor in the spirit. And the kingdom of heaven became hers. You're asking me, Brother Paul, are you saying she's in heaven? She's righteous? Not only is she in heaven, she will condemn the generations on the day of judgment who did not seek God. Think about it. Think about it. What an honorable role God has given her. 
Let us continue to study the life of this illustrious woman, woman of God. You see, the Queen of Sheba displayed an amazing faith. She was so sure of being blessed that she took a great offering to King Solomon. How about that? Let's read 1 Kings chapter 10, verse 10. 1 Kings chapter 10, verse 10. The Bible says she gave the king 120 talents of gold and of spices very great store and precious stones. There came no more such abundance of spices as those which the queen of Sheba gave to King Solomon. <laughs> Praise God. Think about it. The woman was extremely rich. But here is the amazing thing. So it's clear she didn't go to Jerusalem to get any riches from Solomon. She's rich. The Bible says even Solomon did not get so many spices in his whole life. And spices was very expensive in those days. But you see, this woman had such amazing faith that it's like today somebody goes to church for the first time. You don't know the pastor. You don't know whether you're going to be blessed. But you say, I'm going to take a big, big, big offering to the church. Somebody says, shouldn't you wait till maybe after you meet the pastor and the church? And no, no, no. She is a woman of faith. She is so sure she's going to be blessed beyond imagination that she took all. She took the greatest offering that anybody has ever taken to Jerusalem. That's why God recorded everything that she took to Jerusalem. Do you know that God records everything we give to him in church? Everything you send through the bank, cash or digital, he notes everything. Because whatever comes into God's treasury, God records everything, even one penny. And wow, who has given a bigger offering to the church than the queen of Sheba? The Bible records everything she took with her. She's not even sure she's going to get blessed. I mean, normally you shouldn't be. You don't go to the church with $10,000 and say, doesn't matter whether the sermon is terrible, whether the pastor is nasty, whether the church members are obnoxious. I'm going to give $10,000 in offering to this church. But you see, the Queen of Sheba, she is made of some different stuff. The woman was brimming with faith, brimming with confidence. She took an offering before she heard one word. May we go to church tomorrow like the Queen of Sheba. May we go to church like the Queen of Sheba. And now, that's why I keep saying, for this reason, so how many reasons? By the time I finish counting, for this reason, the queen of Sheba will rise up and condemn many generations. She will condemn the Christians who did not come with joy and love and offering to the house of God because she was the prime example of all these virtues. Praise God. She indeed honored the house of God. 
she took a generous offering. This was the faith of the Queen of Sheba. And for this reason, the Queen of Sheba will condemn many generations. My purpose in this message is to challenge us. I pray the Queen of Sheba will not condemn me or condemn you. Let us understand what she did so that she will not condemn us on the day of judgment. Let's continue. Now, the Queen of Sheba also was very humble. She had to be. Otherwise, there's no way. Why would a queen step down from her throne and go to meet another king? In those days, the lesser person went to see the greater in ancient days. So, by saying that she would go to Jerusalem, she didn't request that Solomon will come to her. She accepted that because God gave this wisdom to Solomon, he is greater than her. And she said, I will step down from the throne. I will go and meet King Solomon myself. She stepped down from her throne and accepted the difficulty of the journey ahead. She must have heard about the humility of the God of Israel. She must have heard that the God of Israel has no idols to represent him. He only has a holy of holies with the Ark of the Covenant, a simple tabernacle that he preferred to dwell in for hundreds of years. She must have been surprised, but he's God. Why is he living in a simple tabernacle? Did he command Solomon to build the temple? No. It was David who wanted to build. God did not want to stay in buildings built by humans. He's a humble God. She must have heard about the greatest servants of the God of Israel being people like Abraham and Moses, both very humble desert dwellers. Praise God. To know the God of Israel is to know that he is humble. To serve him. To seek him is to clothe ourselves with humility because he is humble. He is holy and he is humble. So the queen of Sheba, Sheba said, I have to humble myself before this humble God. I will go to Jerusalem. I will meet him. I will meet at least his servants. And look around and learn something about this God. In Isaiah chapter 57 and verse 15. Isaiah chapter 57 and verse 15. The Bible says, For thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabiteth eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place with him also that is of a contrite and humble spirit. To revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. Amen. God loves the humble. His spirit is humble. 
and he will revive the heart of the humble. We remember the story of Naaman, the leprous captain of Syria, whose pride almost denied him his miracle. He, you know, pride almost condemned him to a life of leprosy forever. In the book of 2 Kings chapter 5 and verse 11, 2 Kings 5 verse 11, the Bible says, But Naaman was wroth and went away and said, Behold, I thought he will surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and strike his hand over the place and recover the leper. You see, he almost lost his blessing because of his arrogance and pride. So what does the queen of Sheba teach us? Humble yourself when we seek God. She's a queen. But she stepped down from her throne. She journeyed to Jerusalem. She went through all the hardships involved. For this reason, say with me, for this reason, the queen of Sheba will condemn Many generations who did not humble themselves to go to church, to go to the house of God, to hear the word of God, to seek Jesus. She will condemn many people because she being a queen humbled herself. May we have the heart of the queen of Sheba. May we never lose blessings because of pride. May we never lose blessings because of pride. It is better to humble ourselves and gain all the blessings we can gain rather than to return to Syria as a leper. The journey should never be the same on the way back. Hallelujah. So for this reason, the queen of Sheba will condemn the generation's that did not seek Jesus. Again I will say. I hope. She will not condemn me. I hope she will not condemn you. Brother or sister. Let's make sure. That we will behave in a way. That is worthy of the example of the queen. Of sheep. When Jesus. Gave a few words to the apostles. They left everything. The queen of Sheba heard very little about, about Solomon. What have we heard about Jesus? Is it not enough to leave everything? Hallelujah. What more do we need to hear? Naaman heard great things about the prophet of Israel, Elisha. Thank God for the little girl who told him with faith, I know a man of God who can heal you. But you know what? Naman, you would have to go to, you have to go to my country. You brought me as a slave from my country. God allowed you. But let me tell you, it is only because my people have been rebellious against God. But don't be fooled. The power of God is still in my country. If you want to be healed, there is no healing in Syria. You better go to Israel because there is healing in my country. Thank God that Naaman humbled himself in the beginning. 
And he went. Somebody must have asked him, where, where is the great Naaman going? Well, uh, I've decided to humble myself and listen to this little girl from Israel. Some People may have laughed at him. What? The, the slave girl? Naaman? You conquered her country and now you brought her and you are saying that you are obeying her testimony? Naaman must have said, uh, I know it sounds strange, but uh, I choose to believe this little Israeli girl. I will go. Thank God he went. Thank God he humbled himself at that moment. Brothers and sisters, it doesn't matter who told you about Jesus. Whether it was merchants, traders, whether it was a little girl from Samaria, whether it is from Philip, even there were people who heard about Jesus from Judas. Are you with me? Doesn't matter who you heard about, from, about Jesus, from whom you heard. The important thing is what you do with it. What do you do with it? The Queen of Sheba went. Naaman even went. And they did not return the same. What are we doing with what we hear about Jesus is a question. Praise God. Thank God when somebody talked to you about Jesus, <laughs> you left. I cannot say the same for me because Jesus himself talked to me. That's why I know that God expects more from me. On the day of judgment, it's a pity that nobody is there to be rewarded for bringing Brother Paul to know about Jesus. Only Jesus will get the credit because he witnessed to me. But for you, somebody came and told you about Jesus. God bless that person. You should always be blessing that person. Thanking God for that person. The question is, how did you respond? And what did we do with what we heard about Jesus? Hallelujah. The queen of Sheba had to leave her kingdom in the hands of someone else. This was a big risk. Is there any king or queen who in those days would leave a kingdom in, in the hands of someone else and say, please look after the kingdom for me. I'm going to Jerusalem to hear the word of God and I will come back. Make sure you do not do a coup d'etat. Don't play any games. She couldn't have said this. She took a risk. A big risk. Furthermore, she had to travel through many dangerous regions and territories while she was carrying much gold and riches. Think about it. There was no guarantee that she would either reach Jerusalem or return in peace to her kingdom. In one sense, she left everything for God. She left everything to find God. This is the true story of the Queen of Sheba. Because God is not just going to give somebody such an incredible role on the, day of, on the judgment day 
where a pagan or a Gentile queen will stand up and start judging people. But you see, this woman really left everything. She left her kingdom. She left her riches. She left everything to find Jesus, to find God. Hallelujah. And that is why nobody touched her kingdom, I believe. That is why I believe nobody touched her on the way. The angels of God were with her. Hallelujah. You see, people have to learn from the queen of Sheba to sacrifice. People always say, let God do a miracle and then I'll believe. The queen of Sheba said, no, I will go there. I will give up everything. And then I expect God to prove to me, to show me that he is God. And that is the right order of things. That is the correct structure, disposition, the, the chronology. May we always trust God first, have faith first, go out like the Queen of Sheba, and you will see God will never disappoint. Remember what Jesus said in Matthew 16, verse 24. In Matthew 16, verse 24, the Bible says, Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. This is clearly what the Queen of Sheba did. She left everything to follow Jesus, to follow God, to find God. Not least, remember that we do not read anywhere that she received an invitation from Solomon. There's no place where it says she received an invitation. But we have received an invitation from Jesus Christ, brothers and sisters. But this great woman who was a Gentile, she did all of these things without having received an, an invitation. In other words, there was no way of knowing whether Solomon would want to see her. Or grant her permission to enter Jerusalem. Just think about this. The more we study her life. Her action. The more she keeps growing in spiritual stature. Right before our eyes. For this reason. Say with me. For this reason. The queen of Sheba will condemn many generations. Because we have received an invitation. To approach the Lord Jesus Christ. God came in flesh to this earth. Somebody says, well, why should I go to, why should I ask after God? Why should I go to Jerusalem, so to speak? Because God came, who made the earth came into this earth. And how come you're not interested? He owns this earth. You know, if you're living in a house that somebody's renting to you, and suddenly you hear that the homeowner has actually come. I'm quite sure you're going to leave what you're doing. You'll go open the door, welcome him or her in, and uh, give the owner the appropriate recognition, isn't it? The Bible is telling us that the God who made this world that we are living in, that he came to this earth. And how is it we are not interested to know more? How is it we do not ask, really? 
and and why did he come and uh, what does he want from us what, what what was the problem ah thank you that's that's the problem people are not asking what's the problem why did god come in flesh if there was no problem god would not come in flesh but there was a problem praise god houston we houston we have a problem what's the what's the problem you know normally uh in houston texas they have this uh space uh, you know uh, what do they call it where they launch the space uh, crafts from and when there's a malfunction <laughs> nobody wants to hear that but uh, houston there's a problem so it's like often the problem is up there in space or something. But when it comes to God, it's more like earth. There is a problem on the earth. What is the problem? Humans are in sin. Yesterday I was sharing with the church in the prayer meeting. We are fighting three enemies. The Bible says a threefold cord is not easily broken. One of them is sin. The next is Satan. And the third is death. Please remember that. These are the three enemies we are fighting. If there is a trinity, it's this trinity. That's the trinity. Not in God. So, we need to be delivered from these three. And how can we be delivered from these three? Say with me, only Jesus. Only Jesus. God came in flesh. He gave his name. I was sharing yesterday. God has many names, many titles. Don't limit him to the name Jesus generally. Because he's more than Jesus. What, what is he for the angels? Is he Jesus for the angels? No. He doesn't save angels. Angels have not sinned. I'm speaking about the good angels. But... For us, for this earth, say for human beings. The name Jesus is not for others. It's for us human beings. Say God gave us a name. The name he wants us to talk about. To When somebody shakes hands with you and the first thing they do is give you their name, isn't it? If they don't give you their name, something is not right. He's like, Excuse me, uh, what was your name again? So when God shook hands, so to speak, with us on this earth, he said, you shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save their people, his people from their sins. God doesn't want to talk to us in any other name, because those names will not help us. Only the name Jesus, which means God has become our Savior. God has become my Savior. That's the name by which God talks to me. I don't talk to him in any other name. Because it has no meaning. That's why when people are saying, Father, Holy Ghost, Son. No, He gave you His name. This is how He shook hands with us. He sent angel, an angel, Gabriel. Gabriel was not sent to go to other angels. Because he's not going to save other angels. He sent him to this earth to save you and me. So we should talk about this name, the name above all names. Peter said there is no other name under heaven among men by which we must be saved. 
This name is a name by which God conducts business with humanity. No other name. He signs with his blood the contracts. Hallelujah. Everything he does in that name, healing in that name, baptism in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Receive the Holy Ghost in Jesus' name. Holiness in Jesus' name. Healing in Jesus' name. Revival in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Everything is in that name. Let's make sure that we use that name. We have received an invitation from that name. Who invited you? Say Jesus. When I go to heaven, if anybody along the way stops me and says, where are you going? Uh, who, do you have an invitation? Yes. Ask Jesus. Amen. I'm not going to be happy if I'm stopped by anybody else until I meet Jesus. Because I received an invitation from Jesus. Matthew 11 verse 28 to 30 says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Praise God. Say with me, this is my invitation. But the queen of Sheba had no invitation. And she still went. There was no guarantee that Solomon would allow her to enter Jerusalem. But she still went. There are some, some things so important for the queen of Sheba. She didn't wait for an invitation. And how many generations have received an invitation to serve Jesus, to meet Jesus, to know Jesus? And what have they done with it? Nothing. Ignored him. Say with me, for this reason, the queen of Sheba will judge many, condemn many generations. I pray she will not condemn me or condemn you in Jesus' name. Next, we read that the queen of Sheba came and she asked many questions to King Solomon. Let's turn to 1 Kings chapter 10 and verse 11. 1 Kings chapter 10 and verse 11. And when the queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon concerning the name of the Lord, she came to prove him with hard questions. Please notice, she came for what purpose? We always just stop when we say to hear Solomon. No, she didn't come just to hear Solomon. It says here, when the queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon concerning the name of the Lord. Ah, oh, hallelujah. Can we always add that important phrase? Concerning ah, the name of the Lord. I was just speaking about the name of the Lord. She didn't come to just hear Solomon. She came because she heard that God gave him this wisdom. The word of God is with a man. Ah, oh, hallelujah. She's not interested in just hearing some Aristotle or Socrates figure. No. Because she heard the name of the Lord is with this man. The wisdom of God is with him. Praise Jesus. That's why I'm saying she went there because this woman had a fear of God. 
We don't know where she got it from. It doesn't matter where you get your fear of God from. The important thing is that you go to Jerusalem. Jerusalem for me here is metaphorical. It's referring to Jesus and the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Wherever people fear God, they end up going to Jerusalem. Wherever people love the name of Jesus, they will end up coming to church. So this queen of Sheba came to hear what God gave to Solomon. How does a man whom God filled with wisdom speak? You know, when somebody's filled with the devil, their words are demonic, devilish. But when somebody's filled with the Spirit of God, how do they speak? We should be willing to give up everything to go and hear. And that's why we tell people, come to church. Hear the word of God under the anointing of the Spirit of God. That's what the Queen of Sheba came to do. She came to hear the word of God. It's like somebody giving up everything because there is only one preacher left in the world with the anointing of God. And the person leaves everything to go there. She is an example. One of the greatest examples in the Bible of a woman who is hungry for the word of God. She came to hear the word of God, brothers and sisters. Her soul was desperate. Her soul was hungry for the word of God. This is the real story of the Queen of Sheba. Has nothing to do with the Menelik and Kebrenigast uh, and all. Uh, that is nonsense. She never got a child with Solomon. She is a God-fearing woman. She gave all the sacrifice for God. She didn't go there to play games. That would be destroying her reputation. So, we read she came to prove him. She came to ask questions. Oh, hallelujah. She's a queen. She must have had people with her who she asked questions. And I'm sure she realized they are telling her nonsense, lies. She got fed up. She must have prayed to God, God, I have so many questions. And no answers. Where? Surely you have answers to my questions. How many people pray to God to answer their questions? There are some questions worth traveling to Jerusalem for. Because only God has the answers. There are some questions only God can answer. But I'm also afraid for this generation. We have become accustomed to asking questions in the wrong places. If the Queen of Sheba lived today, her counselors would have asked her to, to ask Google Assistant or Alexa. Today we, we go to Google before we go to Jesus. We have a prophet called Google and a prophetess called Alexa before we go to Jesus and the word of God. Nobody seems to ask questions anymore. Because they say, well, hey, I, you know, I'll just ask Alexa. I'll ask uh, Google Assistant. So nobody is going to travel to Jerusalem. Nobody is going to ask God. Nobody is going to ask Jesus. God have mercy. 
For this reason, say with me, for this reason, the queen of Sheba will stand up in the judgment and condemn many generations. Because she went all the way to Jerusalem to ask questions to God. But we are asking Alexa. We are asking Google. Let us still believe there are some questions only Jesus can answer. Refuse to believe that the world and Google can answer all your questions. I will not ask the world some questions because they don't have the answer. Only Jesus has the answer. I assure you, I have many questions I ask Jesus. I will not insult Jesus by asking anybody else those questions. Never. And if he does not answer, I'm not asking anybody. He is my God. I need answers from him. We don't seem to have the patience to wait on the Lord anymore. We have mobile phones. We ring and text people reminders. Now we just somebody send somebody a message and then we text them. Two minutes later, please look at the email that I sent you. And then we go to WhatsApp and say, Please look at the message I sent you on the email and then on the SMS. <laughs> so we may go to five, six places because we don't have patience and we are reminding, reminding, reminding. Instead of waiting on the Lord. <laughs> what, what did we do before mobile phones and internet and WhatsApp and all of this came? We had to learn patience. The Queen of Sheba had to be patient. She had questions. She didn't even send a warning to Solomon. No invitation. Blessed are they that wait upon the Lord. Every day when she was traveling, the journey may have taken many months, many days. She's patient. Patience is virtue. Wait on the Lord, I say. And again, I say, wait on the Lord. Hallelujah. This was a patient woman. The Queen of Sheba enjoyed a blessed journey of patience, faith, and hope. You know, there is no journey like a journey to the house of God. A journey to worship Jesus. A journey to glorify the name of Jesus. As there's no journey like those journeys. The Queen of Sheba teaches us to enjoy the journey to Jesus. Can we say, enjoy the journey to Jesus? Be filled with patience, hope, and faith. Understand that the days and months of traveling patiently with expectation will reap great benefits. We will return with every question answered and every problem taken care of. Praise God. We need to understand the lesson we are to learn from the Queen of Sheba. This was indeed an amazing woman. I was surprised some months ago I was watching a documentary about the Queen of Sheba. They wanted to find out who she is. And when they came to Yemen, where she's called Bilquis, Muslims call her Bilquis. She's a famous queen even among the Muslims. 
They found her palace. They're digging. And they're expecting soon to find her name on that palace. Very advanced. I was shocked at the architecture. Years before the Romans and Greeks, she had the same type of architecture. This was a very unique woman, powerful woman. But you see, she left everything so she could hear the word of God in Jerusalem. I want to conclude by saying with all of this above that we've talked about in mind, it becomes clear why the queen of Sheba will rise up in the judgment and condemn many generations. She is a model for all who see God. She was a Gentile, a foreigner, who received no invitation and risked her life and her kingdom to hear the word of God. She humbled herself, let's not forget, although she was a queen. And by faith, she took a great offering to Jerusalem. Although she heard very little about Solomon. And I asked the question, what report have we heard of Jesus? Like I said earlier, we have heard that the God of heaven actually came in flesh to this earth. John chapter 1 verse 3, we have heard that the God, it says here, all things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made. Isn't that infinitely greater than what she heard about Solomon? We have heard he is the son of God. We've heard he is God. We heard he walked on the sea of Galilee, fed 5,000, healed the lame, the sick, the blind. We heard he died for our sins on the cross. We heard he rose up the third day. We heard he poured out of his Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost. We've heard that he's returning back soon. Is that not enough to make a journey greater than that of the Queen of Sheba? Make more sacrifices, bring more offerings. Let us step down from our little thrones let us risk everything, take an offering, and go to the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't want the Queen of Sheba to point her finger at me and condemn me on the day of judgment. And I'm sure you wouldn't want that either. So come, let us go up to Jerusalem. Praise God with the Queen of Sheba. Can we pray in conclusion? Lord Jesus, I thank you for this message. Thousands of years later, the Queen of Sheba challenges us. The journey of the Queen of Sheba speaks volumes from the pages of Holy Scripture. We see that woman in her caravan, in the desert, patiently, with faith, with an offering, with the fear of God, making her way to Jerusalem. To see, yes, the house of God and the riches of Solomon, but more than anything, to hear the wisdom that God gave. She wanted to hear your word and she was not disappointed. Thank you for reminding us of the Queen of Sheba today. If a queen can serve you in such a manner, if a queen makes no excuses, if a queen makes such an arduous journey, 
We have no excuses, Jesus. But help us. Give us the spirit and the love, the curiosity, the determination of the Queen of Sheba to leave the security of our palaces and little thrones and make our way to Jerusalem to hear the word of God. I thank you for this, Jesus. I pray you bless your people. I pray for those who have become weak in their walk with you. May the story of the Queen of Sheba strengthen them. May the same spirit that guided her to Solomon guide your people to you, to your throne. Help them on the journey, Jesus. Bless their journey, I pray you. Revive their spirit, Jesus. Strengthen the feeble knees, Jesus. Revive them. Apply your blood upon their soul, Jesus. Let your Holy Ghost fall upon them again, Jesus. Restore their faith, Jesus. Give them power with you. For you said that we shall receive the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost and power. Those who are weak, who do not pray or read the Bible, revive them with the spirit of the Queen of Sheba. Those who don't hear the word of God, go to church. I pray today something will give, something will happen. Break up the fallow ground, Lord Jesus, hallelujah. Let the rain of your word fall in Jesus' name. Let the spirit of the Queen of Sheba grip our hearts, hallelujah. Let us not rest until we're in Jerusalem. Until all our questions are answered. Until Jesus speaks to us. Until Jesus directs us to go back. We lay all of these prayers before your throne. May it come up as incense before your throne, Holy One. We bless you and we ask in the only name worth asking. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth, hallelujah. And the church says, Amen, Amen, Amen.